Hey, what's up, everybody? Today's podcast from Revelation 14 is going to be another rerun. Instead of doing duplicates, we thought, let's just rerun the podcast we did last year. Um, just so you know, if we talk about current events or things that are happening, it is in the past tense. Uh, what Bobby, Jean, and I are currently working on and throughout the rest of this summer is to fill in the gaps and record podcasts on the chapters of the Bible that we have not yet done. And again, like I mentioned last week, the sole purpose is that we would create a library. So someday you or anybody else in the world that has access to internet can get on the, the Emmanuel Library and find a podcast for every chapter in the New Testament is where we're going to start, but eventually widen that, that to the whole Bible. And so uh, we thank you for joining us in the study of God's Word. We hope you enjoy today's podcast on Revelation 14. And stay tuned as we will bring you hopefully exciting news in the months to come on the library. God bless you. Hey, what's up, everyone? And thanks for tuning in to our podcast today. We're looking at Revelation chapter 14. Mm-hmm. And as we look at it, I think you and I would both say that this is kind of a redundant chapter in that there's similar images, similar themes, similar characters even mm-hmm. that continue to get, be brought up. So yeah. before we get to some takeaways and even what happens in the chapter, I'm wondering if we could just take a moment and yeah. kind of line out like who the characters are and who they resemble. Yeah, I would say that too. There's a lot of redundant kind of themes and names and symbols here. And so, I mean, right away in verse 1, um, you hear about the lamb. And so we've kind of discerned and through different commentaries and stuff have read too that that represents Jesus. Mount Zion is mentioned too. And so this is kind of the group mm-hmm. of people, a place where Jesus is reigning. Because mm-hmm. uh, that comes up a lot in the Psalms. Oh, people for sure. Talking about yep. like we're going to Mount Zion. So some people thought it's Jerusalem. Some people had it being like, oh, this is a heavenly place. And mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the people and the place where Jesus reigned. Mm-hmm. So it's both ends. And then this huge number again, 144,000 that has kind of come up a couple times too, um, which here is symbolizing all all the persecuted saints. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of... Um, uh, a greater number than that, but that's kind of the yeah. symbolization. Yeah, and I would just continue to give you all uh, peace in that don't get hung up on the exact numbers. A lot right. of this is symbolic. And mm-hmm. even at our group the other night, guys were asking, like, is it is it accurate, specific number? And I don't know for sure, but I trust a lot of the other people who have read this and studied and sat in it thinking, no, mm-hmm. like this is a lo- there's a lot more. Think mm-hmm. about how many people just came out of Egypt alone we're in the 12 tribes. You know, it's going to be a lot bigger number than that. It's just representing completeness. And in previous chapters, too, like yeah. we've already been given the picture of, you know, every nation, tribe, and tongue as being represented. So then you hear about this new song, too, um, that only this group could understand. And that kind of translates or makes sense as this being the gospel, that this is, you know, Jesus saving work um, at work, that they uh-huh. were the people that could understand it and, and receive it. And so if you think back to Jesus' teachings, oftentimes he'd share a parable or a teaching and go, you know, those who have ears, let them hear, or something right. like that, meaning like not everyone's going to understand this. The same thing is true here when this new song is being done. It's about the works of Christ, mm-hmm. and it's something that the world can't even comprehend. Right, right. You can't, you're like, Holy Spirit, do your thing here. Yep. And then you have three angels that show up, and we're going to talk about kind of what goes on there. And so there's different proclamations, probably mm-hmm. the proclamation of the gospel, uh, of Babylon, and then this uh, separation from God. Mm-hmm. And so that first one, the proclamation of the gospel is not for salvation, but for judgment. And mm-hmm. so this is kind of the time now, too, you're reading about the harvest, 
and how that's that's next like where there's a harvest over the earth and and, and judgment too. yeah and so with that the aquin uh this gospel like bobby says not one that says hey you all want to be saved believe in this it's saying this is what's true this is a standard that we're going by like Bobby said, the second proclamation was dealing with Babylon, and that is being Satan's rule and reign is officially over. Like he's been defeated. The third and final proclamation is one of torment and pain, which is basically hell. It's life separated from God. And then, um, Bob, you mentioned the harvest, didn't you? Yeah, you I mentioned think. the harvest. Yeah, there's a, then the chapter ends with the first and second harvest. Mm-hmm. And so I'll read. Um, actually, Bobby, do you want to read verses 14, 15, and 16 of Revelation? Then I'll read the Gospel of Mark when Jesus talks about this as well. Excellent. Okay, so this is verses 14 through 16. I looked, and there before me was a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was one, quote, like a son of man, with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, Take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Mm -hmm. So he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. All right, and if you jump back to the Gospels, Jesus talks about harvest a lot too. Mm -hmm. Mark 4, verses 26 through 29, he says, And the kingdom of God is as if a man should have scattered seed on the ground, He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, and then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, and once he puts it in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Hmm. Jesus is teaching this in the midst of other parables, the parable of the sower, the parable of the mustard seed, saying there are going to be believers and there are going to be unbelievers. But again, the gospel is a standard for which someone gets to spend eternity with Jesus or eternity apart from Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so, Bobby, as we kind of wrap this up and kind of look at takeaways here, um, and I remember you mentioned a quote from Priscilla Shire that you thought was really helpful and kind of speaks to this a little bit. Yeah, I think um, the quote itself says something like, every knee will bow uh, right now voluntarily or eventually mandatorily, but make no mistake... Um, every knee is going to bow. And so we're not quite there yet right now. Or, or maybe we are. I don't know. Are we to that spot of judgment? Yeah, not not yet, but we're definitely getting close, I would say. So that actually, um, that part about the harvest is kind of what stuck out to me. And that quote came to my mind. I think the Holy Spirit kind of reminded me of it um, because that's the, the picture of Right now, like Clark said, this is actually really good news that that this gospel is the standard to which we live life on earth and also that we get the gift of eternity because the gospel is inclusive, because the gospel is your saving grace. So it's actually really great news. Um, and that picture, I feel like, of, of um, that every knee will bow mm-hmm. because I just think of the way that Jesus came to earth as a little babe and just all of humility um, so helpless. Um, that's not the entire picture of who he is. So he's creator over the cosmos and we in God's gracious and kindness got to know him, Mm -hmm. um, as he came to earth. And so that's a beautiful picture of God, 
God's relationship with us. But now we're seeing this greater picture too, like, whoa, like in Colossians 1, that you are before all things, you sustain all things, you are in all things, you hold all things together, Jesus. Like you are the only one who is worthy to judge, who's worthy for us to bow down to. So we surrender our lives on earth because you're worthy. And then we submit to this harvest because you're worthy. And so that's kind of a little bit of the picture that came to me. Um, Clark, you were talking about too, how really the, like that, this is why folks, the gospel message is so important. Yeah. And I think if you have been in church or even listened to our podcast, you're like, all right, yeah, the gospel, I get it. Jesus died, resurrected, is coming again, poured out his spirit. I've heard this a thousand times and, but the, the, we have to keep revisiting this because the gospel is the standard for, for eternity. Like that is the standard. It's the plumb line. It's the evaluation mark. It's the, it's the standard. And so one of my mentors growing up always told me, don't ever preach a sermon that a rabbi could preach. And the first time I heard that, I was confused. I'm like, what's he getting at here? He says, don't ever preach a sermon that a rabbi could preach because rabbis, the Jewish teachers, um, don't believe that Jesus is God. And so he's saying you could preach a really moral sermon. You could even preach a sermon about Jesus and still preach about morality and good behavior. But in every sermon, you have to get to the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is God, um, because that's what all the scriptures point to. And so this is just a reminder in this story, and in, in really in reading Revelation, as there's so much suffering and hardship, it all comes down to not only, not, not so much what we're experiencing now, even though that's important, but what our future hope is and where we're going to spend the rest of eternity mm-hmm. in the standard that the narrow way, the door, the gate um, is, is a relationship with Jesus. And so I guess the last thing Bobby and I would say as we read this is, is more of a question. How has suffering and hardship shaken confidence in God for you, for ourselves um, because when you read Revelation, there are trials, there are tribulations. We get, yeah, Jesus, you told us there's going to be trials and temptations on earth. Life's going to be hard. But when you're in the middle of a trial or of a temptation, man, doggone it, it hurts. It's hard. And sometimes our confidence in God is shaken. And you know what? I am kind of revisited what Uncle Kevin said at my cousin's funeral a few years back. You remember what he said, Bob? Yeah, he was just saying, have it settled. Yeah. You know, he and Lane both over and over and over um, have it settled. Please have these hard conversations, hash it out, um, because you don't want to be walking through a time um, that's so deep in the valley and at the same time be questioning these huge questions mm-hmm. too. And and if you do get to that place, it's not that God can't work through that. He does. He has. But being able to process this, ask your hard questions and wrestle with them right now um is worth it. It's worth your time. So then when the winds and the rain and the, the days of trial do come, you know, our life's established on the rock, not on the sand. And so we're constantly trying to refocus our eyes to the Lord, refocus our eyes to the Lord. And, you know, let's, let's voluntarily put our knee to the ground now and say, Jesus, you are Lord. I'm going to submit to your will and your way of life. Um, yeah, something actually that just popped into my head is because um, why that's important is because we don't decide when the harvest is. Mm-hmm. So if we're, you know, I grew up in the Midwest. If I'm a stock of corn, or right now in Revelation chapter 14, they're, they're talking about the wine and the wine press. If I'm a stock of corn or if I'm grapes ready to be harvested, I'm not deciding, oh, I'm ready. It's time to be harvested. No. 
The one with the sickle is deciding. The one with the sickle is deciding when it's time. So we need to keep, I mean, Jesus talks about this in the, in the gospel too. We need to keep our lamps lit, meaning we need to be ready for when the master returns. We need to continue to walk and abide near Holy Spirit and just surrender ourselves. So that way, um, when the harvest comes, we're ready. When the harvest comes, that he finds us ripe. And so that's kind of another little random um, picture I feel like was just given, kind of given in the in the harvest. So um, lots of pictures here in Revelation 14. <laughs> lots to process. Yeah, and so as we wrap up, just keep diving into the word. Um, if you have something else that stuck out that we missed, I'm sure there's plenty that we missed. Feel free to, to share it. Bobby and I want to hear from you. And uh, we'll keep the podcast coming. So praying that you have a fantastic weekend. God bless you all, and uh, we'll connect soon.